Welcome back to my show. I am so excited for you to meet my next guest today. I met him in 2018 at an event where he was speaking and I was completely blown away. I've been stalking his page, stalking him, and I knew that I was going to, from that moment, I knew I had my plan of hosting a podcast and I wanted him to be on my show back then. So here we are today and I'm going to introduce you to Jimmy Nelson who AKA is Coach Jimmy, and he's been a high performance business coach for over a decade. He has turned his personal 100 pound weight loss into a seven figure business by helping tens of thousands of people develop their personal brands and marketing strategies. Jimmy's strategies are rooted in combining marketing and brand strategies, along with storytelling to create top performers that are excited to wake up every day. So welcome, Jimmy. Oh my gosh, that's so much fun to listen to. Like, I feel like you're talking about somebody else, and I'm like, I can't wait to hear this guy. Um, thank you so much for having me on. Like, I, I've been so excited about having this conversation all week. So I woke up this morning, it was the first thing I thought of. I was like, it's getting up, doing my early morning routine, you know, you know, doing my personal development audio, getting my workout in, knowing that I wanted to be just like top of my game for this conversation. So thanks for taking the time, and thanks for asking me to come on. Thank you. And I feel that energy. And that's what I want to dive into actually right away because I can just sense from your voice in, you guys can't see him, but he's animated and we're going to talk all about his storytelling. He's going to teach us how to tell our story. But Jimmy, tell us what gets you so excited to wake up in the morning. I think it goes back to the story, you know, I think it's really easy for people, you know, if people follow me on, on social media or wherever they interact, it's maybe, you know, maybe somebody, you know, I meet them at, at a speaking event, like, you know, you and I met and they see this energetic, excited guy jump on stage or be on a video. And that's why it's so important for me to remind people that, you know, I start so many of my talks about telling people that I'm a former hundred pound overweight, three time college dropout. And the reason I do that is not to bring the room down. It's because I think it's so easy for us to look at other people, specifically on social media now. We look at somebody that maybe is in a place that we aspire to be or we wish we could be or seems unattainable to us. And it's really quick to think, oh, this came easy to them. Or this is why they have advantages to be able to do what they're doing or live the life they're living. That There's no way I could do that. So I realized early on that it was really important for me to remind people what was, where did I come from? You know, where did we start? And I think that's probably one of the reasons you and I connected because I remember at Angie's event when I got on stage and I share a story about waking up in New York City uh, super early. It was cold. I was a struggling actor in New York City. And then I take people further back than that and talk about how in the first grade, you know, getting a chance to sing on stage, I realized I wanted to be a performer, but I hated the body that I lived in, being 100 pounds overweight, you know, in a broken home. And so you ask, where does this energy come from? And it's just in gratitude in the journey and knowing, you know, I just celebrated a birth. My birthday's two days after Christmas. 
It's never a great time to have a birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, I don't recommend the Christmas birthday. I mean, obviously we have zero control over that, but um, you know, I just turned 42 years old and I feel like I'm just getting started, but I look back over the past, you know, basically kind of 12 years that this has all been going on. And every day I'm like, wow, if we did this the past 12 years, we as a collective, all of us, like wherever you were 10, 12 last year, where can we go from here? Because I have more energy and I'm more excited about who I am now at 42 than I was at even 22. You know, and I, I think a lot of that energy comes from just being grateful, knowing where I came from. And then it's how many people can we take along with us? It's no longer about me. It's about reaching people or touching people like the interaction you and I had at the event. Or then now you giving me the platform to speak to that person that's listening to this, to this, that this may be exactly what they need today. And I don't take that lightly. So I need to show up 100% because if I show up 50% and that person needed 100% me to change their life today to take this from I'm just listening to a podcast and I'm inspired to I'm actually taking action, then that's a huge responsibility on my part. And I don't take that lightly. Amen to that. It actually is. And before we continue with this, because I love where this is going, I want to go back to when you were 22 and you were 100 pounds because I know there's people out there right now in that place. And maybe coming from you know a fitness coach, I've been coaching women in the fitness and health industry for over 15 years and they're stuck. And they yeah. are, maybe they are 100 pounds. I actually coached someone that was 100 pounds overweight. She lost 100 pounds as well. But taking that first step, tell us a little bit about that and how did you even begin your journey on yourself? Yeah, and I, I want to I throw something in real quick here because we hear numbers like 100 pounds. And we're like, wow, that's an amazing number. Or it seems like this overwhelming thing. And one thing I've learned and also being in the health and fitness space for the past 12 years is somebody's hundred pounds is somebody else's 20 pounds. Like yeah. your heart is your heart. And the person that lost hundred pounds doesn't have a better story than the person that lost 10 or that person that, cause a lot of it has to do with, and you know, this, like who we become internally, the external is kind of this, this, the thing that people can see, but the person you become by taking control of your health and fitness, whether it's weight loss or just, you know, investing in, in your mindset and in your body. And so, but to, to take people back, you know, I, I grew up in West Texas. Uh, I was in, you know, my parents got divorced at a very young age. And back then that wasn't like the norm, you know, so I was and childhood obesity wasn't the, the norm. So I was kind of the fat kid with the broken home in my, in my elementary school growing up. And so that, that really, um, it messed with my, I don't think that I was a really confident kid. I was always animated. I always had a huge heart. Um, but I don't think that that really helped my confidence. And I, I tell this story that, you know, in first grade, um, our, our elementary school got to do a Christmas play called Too Fat for the Chimney. And I just assumed, you know, being the fat kid that I was going to be Santa Claus in that, in that play or in that musical number. And my best friend, Justin Martin, who was the skinniest kid in class, they picked him to be Santa, wrapped some pillows around him. And they picked me to like put on like full on feety pajamas, like a onesie with like the drop bottom and the silly stocking cap and had me go stand at the edge of the stage and sing a solo called Too Fat for the Chimney. And I remember being just terrified. And the minute I opened my mouth and I started singing this song and I saw some head nods and some smiles, 
it really was the first time I got a, I just felt like there's some positive feedback from a peer group because I was so self-conscious. Um, but that was a blessing and a curse at the same time because I grew up all of a sudden telling myself, I'm pretty sure I know what I was designed to do. Here's all the reasons I can't do it. And my weight was the, the very first one. And so what happened was there really was this seed of resentment, of bitterness, of um, victim mentality that started because as I tried to wanted to perform more or decided I wanted to go to school to perform, but we couldn't afford to send me to the schools. And I'm already thinking, ah, I'm the fat guy. I guess I'm always going to have to play like the funny sidekick role. So I'm limited in that. I can't go to the school I wanted to go to. And I got really, really good at pointing at successful people. And it's kind of what I alluded to earlier, pointing at successful people and thinking, oh, this is why they're successful and I'm not, is, hey, they're not trying to hold down two jobs and be in the theater department at this college. I can't even go audition for the schools that I knew I wanted to go to. Um, and so I and my solution to that was I would get in a situation where it was uncomfortable, things were bad, I pointed fingers at other people. I wouldn't change my habits. I didn't look at me. I started pointing at what around me was the problem, and I literally would physically move. So I went from Texas to the University of Oklahoma, dropped out there at the musical theater department, ran off and worked at Disney World for two years. Things kind of went sideways. Like it was a great experience. I decided to go back to school. That went sideways again. So I kept running from things. And I, my mom ended up calling me because about this time, I'm probably about $60,000 in debt. I'd maxed out three credit cards. So things aren't going well. I'm heavy. I'm dropping out of school and I'm in debt. But I want to ask you one thing and I don't mean yeah. to interrupt you. You were running from thing to thing. But so was there something in you that just wanted to try something new as well? You said you were running from things and you were blaming everyone around you. But yet I sense that maybe you had hope too that, oh, well, this might work out in a better way. Were you running towards an ambition or was it just running away? It was, I'm going to, it's, I had, I had told myself that the, the surrounding I was in was the reason I was failing. So mm -hmm. let me try something else because this, this is this person's fault, this job, this school, this, whatever I'm going to move. And so where really I got super humbled is I'm in Orlando, Florida. I'm in school. My mom calls me and says, Hey, Jimmy, cause they're the ones getting, getting the letters and stuff from like the credit card companies and stuff. And they're like, Hey, we're worried about you. We think you should come home. And it was such a punch in the gut because I knew she was right. I literally kind of run up to the end of my rope. So there I am. I'm like in my early in my early twenties, excuse me, you know, hundred pounds overweight. I've dropped out of school three times and I'm no longer pursuing a performing career. And this is, this was the moment there was a, there was a morning. I, I just started like bartending. I wasn't performing anymore. And I was taking a shower, getting ready to go to work at a job. Like I hated, I had to go like drive an hour to this crappy bar nightclub thing that I was working at. And I would never really spend a lot of time, you know, you get out of the shower, you wrap the towel, and I wouldn't spend a lot of time in front of the mirror. And whatever reason that day, I just kind of stopped. And I just, I didn't respect the person looking back at me. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I literally had this thought that says, if you don't change, this is it. And, and the, the worst part was the thought was, you're just going to be alone and bitter for the rest of your life. And that, you know, it really does answer the question that, that you just asked. It was quit trying to change your exterior. It's time to change your interior. And I tell people that's the day everything changed. It isn't, it isn't. It wasn't like the heavens opened up. It wasn't like the weight immediately fell off. It wasn't that I woke up motivated every day. 
But the pain of being who I was became greater than the fear and the pain of changing. And that's when I was at least open to, to being open to like just listening, to being coachable, to seeing that there were maybe other ways to, to do some things. And it's funny how when you do that, the universe kind of brings you things that you might not have been open to before. This is incredible that you're saying exactly what you just said, because last night, my husband likes to scroll, um, you know, watching different shows, and he put on the 600-pound woman, the whatever. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I'm, I know okay. of it. It was mind-blowing, because it's just what you said. She's 647 pounds, and she kept going to the doctor, and she would lose, he said, you have to lose 75 pounds. She went home and she stopped at fast food three times on her way home. She just, the pain wasn't great enough for her. And finally, it became great, just like you said. And it's unbelievable that this is exactly what I tell my clients. You're not in enough pain, just like you, Jimmy. You finally stood in silence, looked at yourself. I think that's where it all comes from. People yeah. are watching. They're not taking the time. You have to literally stop, take the quiet time, and you know, analyze where you are, what is going on. If, you're, if the pain is great, then you're going to take that next step. And we one just, my, yeah, and one of my favorite stories, so you know, I'm a big proponent of you know, personal like, audio, like things to, that kind of speak life into you, and it is part of my, my morning routine. And one person that's kind of in the rotation is Les Brown, and he, he, he tells this story. He tells the story of an old man sitting on a porch with a dog next to him. And the dog's moaning and groaning and moaning and groaning. And this little kid walks by and he's like, hey, mister, what's wrong with your dog? And he's like, oh, he's sitting on a nail. And he's like, well, why doesn't he move? He's like, oh, it doesn't hurt enough to move. It just hurts enough to moan and groan. And I feel like that's where so many people are in our society. And, and, and I feel like health and fitness is such a great analogy for life, for business, for personal growth. It's... I'm sure your inbox or your DMs are filled all the time with people going, gosh, I admire you. I want to do this. I want to live this lifestyle. I just want to like be comfortable in my skin again. And then I've had this all the time. So what are you doing? How did you do it, Jimmy? And so I'm like, okay, here are the steps. And then they immediately like, oh, that, that doesn't work for me or that won't work for me or, oh, I can't afford that. Or I, and I'm like, uh, I just always go, I was like, I don't know about that. I know I was $60,000 in debt and I found a way, like it became the, like I said, the pain of where I was became greater than, than where I was. And, and everybody reaches, sadly, some people never reach that point to where they stop pointing fingers and say, okay, here's all the things I can't control. Like I couldn't control necessarily at that time, financially it was going on school-wise. There were things I couldn't control about my employers or my job situation. There were things I couldn't control about the administration of these schools. But it wasn't until I was like, okay, what, what can I control? You know, where do I need to change? And, and like I said, it didn't happen overnight, but it, I became open to it. And so it wasn't really long after that till I was introduced, you know, to a lot of the workout programs that I ended up using um, to lose the weight. You know, it, it was about a two-year process, you know, to lose 100 pounds. So I tell other people, like, fast isn't always the best way to do things, you know, that, that if, I wanna, if I want something to stick. And when I work with my clients, whether I'm talking health and fitness or whether I'm, I'm storytelling coaching or high performance coaching with people. I'm like, Hey, I'm interested in long-term results. I'm in this for the long game, you know? And so I was like, you gotta be patient with me because, you know, showing up and having the mindset of, can I be 1% better today? Can I be 1% better today? Because I think people jump into things with this all or, I mean, how many times have you had a client that tries to change their entire nutrition 
all like in one week. They're like, hey, I'm never eating, you know, blank again, whether it's I'm never eating a carb again, or I'm never eating sugar again, or I'm never, and I, and I sit back and I worry about those people. I was like, they're, it's, it's all extreme so quick. And so it's not going to stick. So somebody looks at my schedule now, whether it's my morning routine or what I do physically or how I talk on stage. And they're like, wow, Jimmy, that your, your routine seems a bit extreme or it, it seems lofty. And I was like, it is because you're looking at year 12. Like this was just a bunch of teeny tiny little changes. I didn't try to incorporate all of this at once. It was what little thing can I control today better than I was yesterday? You know, I remember that happening with food. It was like, it was tiny little, the very first, (laughs) the very first food choice I ever made. I remember I used to roll through Jack in the box all the time. It was my jam. And instead of just getting the number, like the regular number two, I ordered two chicken sandwiches and I told them to hold the mayo and got a diet Coke. Now, not really part of my diet now, but for that version of Jimmy, that was huge. It was the first time I ever actually tried to adjust something to maybe get a different result. And so that, and so, you know, you do that for a week and I see, I feel a little bit better. And that my entire life has been like, oh, I did this 1% thing. I experienced a benefit I've never experienced before. What's the next 1% thing? What's the next? And it's just, you start stacking. The, so that's, you know, I was talking about earlier, just turned 42. And I'm like, oh, if I keep stacking 1% on top of each other, wh- who am I December 31st of 2020? Much less four years from now, five years from now, because they're, and some people will be demoralized by this, but I'm going to tell you, the minute you embrace this thought process, it's freeing. There is no finish line. Because I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but you think, oh, once I get to X, I can put it in cruise control. Once I lose X amount of pounds, once I start making X, you know, if I, once I start making this much money, then I can put in, I think we've all fallen in that trap. And sometimes you cross that line and you're like, oh, well, there's just always another horizon. So somewhere along the way, we have to fall in love with the journey. Exactly. And that's exactly what this show is. We're addicted to the climb. If we don't keep climbing, we're going to stay on the level the ground floor, and who wants to stay there? Nobody. And they all want something more, but the pain has to be great enough to get to that neck, to take that first step. And what you said is just when people go all in, I love that you said that because I do hear it all the time. And people say, okay, week one, I'm going to give up sugar and dairy and carbs. And, and I'm going to go out five days a week and work out. Listen, that leads to disaster. It leads to throwing the towel in, as you know. So whether that's at your job, your relationship, whatever it is that you want to do, I always say, don't go all in. Just what you said, Jimmy. Do one thing. Hold the mayo. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that basically. Hold the mayo. That's hold the mayo. I'll, I'll work that in somehow. The hold the mayo lesson. Yeah, that, was, that was the first one. You know what? That's a win, though. That's what I stress. I say small wins is the game changer. It's the game yeah. changer. It's not the big, huge win. It's the small wins that you do daily. There you go. Holding the mayo. <laughs> yeah. It's so timely that we yeah. had this. So um, uh, nobody can see the video. So I'm here in Texas, huge Dallas Cowboy fan. And I had the privilege of actually getting to go listen to Michael Irvin speak last night, Hall of Fame receiver for um, the Dallas Cowboys. And was just kind of one of my childhood heroes growing up. And he was talking about playing for Jimmy Johnson. And so for the non-sports fans listening, that, that group of Cowboys won three Super Bowls in four years that had never been done uh, at that time. And he said one thing that, that the coach, that Jimmy Johnson really instilled in them, he said, every day, uh, 
every day you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get better or worse. And every day you do nothing, you've chosen to get worse. That there is no treading water in life and health and fitness and your finances and your relationships. There is no treading water. If you think you're treading water, you're getting worse. You're just getting worse at such small increments you don't see it yet. It's the people that wake up 10 years after high school and they're like, where did this 40 pounds come from? Because it was teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny. In fact, um, this I'm holding a book. The very first personal development book I was ever given when I started my business was called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Um, there's a similar book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And both books are kind of the same lesson that it's these teeny tiny choices over time make all the difference in the world. If you and I both are going to try to like fix our nutrition, I, I, I use health and fit. I mean, there's so many things to go through, but it's such an easy analogy is if, if I have a, you know, if I have a large pizza all by myself today and you have a balanced, healthy meal of a salad and a lean protein and, and probably some healthy carbs, we both sit down at lunch and have that. We don't leave lunch. You and I don't look any different than each other. But you keep making that choice every day, and I keep making the other choice. So these, you know, we start near each other. Well, those little 1% increments, we're going to end up on parallel other sides of each other eventually. Same thing with what your mindset is every morning. Same thing with what you're doing with your finances. Same thing with what you're doing with your career and your relationships. It's what are these tiny little steps every day? And, you know, when I started both my business and my weight loss, and they started at different times. But the goal wasn't, I don't remember thinking, I need to lose 100 pounds, or I need to get $60,000 out of debt, and this is the solution. It was, here's this little thing that makes it a little bit better than where I am right now. And so where I ended up, you know, on what some people may say on the top of the mountain, I never was looking at the mountain. I was just looking at the next step. You know, and so, and sometimes we have to, it's so easy that people, we start doing that. We start taking these steps and some people, we have a setback. Let's say, you know, we feel like we blow it or we take some time off or we fall, you know, people love to use the term fall off the wagon. And, and I used to always get this, people would ask, do I need to start all the way over? And I'm like, no, I said, if you were climbing up a mountain and you stubbed your toe and tripped or something, you wouldn't voluntarily walked back to the bottom of the mountain. I said, you would set up a base camp You'd look down and say, hey, I've actually made some progress. You kind of dust yourself off and keep going. And every time we use the word, I'm starting over, I'm gonna, I need to reset, I need to regroup, I need to, you know, what, there's always these little keywords. What we're telling our brain is, oh, we're starting all over again. And every time we do that, that mountain seems bigger to us. We're more demoralized because we're like, and then you start a pattern. You're like, I know I get seven steps into this journey and I mess it up. And then you start, when you get to step seven, it's crazy. You start finding ways to self-sabotage because you've told yourself, this is what I do, especially this time of year, right? You know, it's the first of the year. We're a couple weeks in. This is right about the time. You know, we don't even make it to February before people are already, you know, whether they're starting a business or finances or whatever their, whatever their resolution is, you're going to mess up. I mess up. We all mess up. The people that you admire, it's not that the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people aren't that successful people don't mess up or fall off the wagon. We just self-correct faster. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you identify, damn it, I messed up. 
it takes it. So what most people do is they take all this time and energy to feel guilty and bad about it and kind of go into this hole. It takes just as much time and energy to feel sorry for yourself as it does to identify and correct the next day. Hey, I messed that up last night. I really splurged. I spent too much money. I messed up in this part of my relationship. I did this with my business. Cool. Identify it and correct quickly. Don't spend the next week beating yourself up because you messed up. That, that literally, I think, is the biggest difference is both people mess up probably about the same rate. Just one person sits and, and, and kind of wallows in it, and the other person identifies it and gets back on track. I love that. And you said the word reset, and this is the time. And, you know, brand new year, everyone's trying to reset. But I want to transition a little for you to explain how you reset every single morning with your morning routine. I want everyone to hear about what your morning routine is because I know you really, really, that's, that's true to you. Every morning you have your routine and you don't waver in that. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's crazy. There's times that when I talk about this routine, just like when you were giving my intro, I'm like, who's this guy? Because I remember the other version of me. Um, and I put all this down. People can go to productivebook.com and see my entire morning routine. But I wake up early now. And, you know, if you've listened to this so far, being a theater guy, used to bartend, work in nightclubs. So I used to get home, you know, at 4 a.m. and sleep till noon. So when, when, as I get into this, if your first reaction is, well, I'm not a morning person, you're talking to the most anti-morning person ever growing up. And again, it's what, what was... What did you have to change? You know, I talked about what could I change? And so what I started doing was, was studying a lot of successful people. I just started watching successful people. And something that kept coming up was that they got up early. And so to the point now where I usually get up before 5 a.m. every day without an alarm. Like, I, don't, I can't tell you the last time I woke up to an alarm. Now, it took a lot of alarms to reset that. It's a great feeling to wake up that early. I know somebody right now is just going like, that sounds like hell. It does now. It always does until you're on the other side of it, right? I totally get that somebody's shaking their head right now. They're like, no way, Jimmy. But I get up early because there are no distractions at 5 a.m. Whatever you're wanting to do, if you're wanting to get a hold of your health and fitness, if you're wanting to build a business, if you're wanting to read more, if you're wanting to personally develop yourself. And so I wake up early. And the very, very, very first thing I do is for me, I grab my phone. I go to YouTube and I hit some, like, some kind of personal development, whether it's some of my favorites are, you know, I talked about Les Brown, um, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar. Um, I, I love sermons by uh, Stephen Furtick is one of my favorite pastors um, out of Elevation Church uh, in North Carolina. I listen to Tony Robbins, something that's speaking some life into me. And it's funny, I go to YouTube and I'm not really watching the video. They just have some great compilations on there. And so I'll push play as I'm like walking into the bathroom, trying to figure out like it's super early. So I'm still trying to wake up. But I realized that there was probably a good 20, 30 minute block of hidden time right there in the morning. And then as I've done more research is your brain is primed, specifically those first 15 minutes that you wake up to set your intention for the day, to set who you are. And I tell people that the hardest battle I ever had was not the weight loss battle. It was the mental battle, and it's a battle I still face every day. And so my saying on this is you have to attack your mind before your mind attacks you, because if you're just sitting alone with your own thoughts or worse, turning on the news or worse, scrolling Instagram or going into your um, 
inbox, it's like you're starting your day playing defense. Like somebody else's agenda is automatically on you. And so, yes, I'm going to a social media source, I guess, technically with YouTube or if somebody wanted to do po a podcast or they just had a book on tape. Um, for me, it's, it just found passively almost every morning, even though it's just kind of in the background. I'm not always like, I'm not sitting and taking notes. I'm not actively listening, but there's always like one or two nuggets that I, I find myself like nodding my head or just something that's speaking life, you know, into me. And so as I do that, I'm getting ready to work out in the morning because for me, moving my body first thing is, it just sets my intention for the day. It's investing in me. If I want to be the best for the people in my life, I want to be best for my clients. Like I have, if I'm going to pour into somebody else, I have to fill my bucket first, right? So if my bucket, if I have so much to give people, but I haven't filled my bucket with anything, I have nothing to pour out into people. And I tell people, like, if you hear me get on these rants or you hear me get really passionate about things, nine times out of 10, I am just teaching or preaching in some ways out of the overflow of what I'm learning right now. It's the same stuff I'm still going through. And that's why I get so, like, fired up about it because I'm like, I get it. I'm in, the, I'm in this with you. Just because I'm, I'm telling you or trying to pour into you doesn't mean I've got it down all the way. And so for me, it's get up. There's that piece of audio. Then I'm putting together like my pre-workout stuff and I get and, and I work out whether it's one of my home workouts or I'm going to the gym and I always end up having like some of the best ideas. Like your brain starts flowing and, and you get like all the endorphins that, that start rolling and there's so much scientific um, studies and things you can, you know, you can Google about the benefits of, of both weightlifting and cardiovascular in the brain. And so I, I do that, I get my workout in and then the next thing I do, especially I'm at the gym, I have a little coffee shop around the corner that I sit and then I journal. And so all these thoughts that I had in my head, I literally just free form, write it out. My Instagram post today literally was what I journaled today. Cause I got done with this and I was like, Oh, sometimes they're just for me. Sometimes they're affirmations. Sometimes they're just like, there's literally times I've sat down and been like, I got nothing today. I got nothing today. And I literally keep writing that until something else pops up. Um, sometimes it's an idea. Sometimes it's whatever. It just, it's getting out of my head because, you know, I've heard many times, like, if you're in your head, you're dead, especially if you're dealing with some negative thoughts. There's days even with the, the positive audio and going in that I still go into my workout in either a bad mood or I'm really struggling with something. Or I'm trying to figure out a problem. And so I write all that. So I journal. And then I, that's usually when I do some kind of reading because I feel like, like personal development, that it's really important for people to have two kinds of personal development. One that, that's, um, that's really like, a, that's helping your mindset and something else that's helping a skill set. So right there in the morning when I'm, when I'm waking up, I'm not trying to learn a new skill set. I'm just trying to get my mind right, ready for the day. After the workout, after the journaling, let's say I'm reading a book or I want to learn something better about email marketing or social media or leadership or whatever skill that I need that's going to move the needle for me, usually professionally, um, that's when that time is for me. And then it's right out that to-do list, you know, and then get everything out of my head. And then I'm ready to start my day. Then I'm ready to go, okay, who do I get to serve today? What amazing platform like this podcast do I get to go? But that, again, that's why it was so imperative for me to do this, to do that this morning before you and I jumped on today. But it wasn't out of the ordinary because I made this routine every day. And like I said, you can go to productivebook.com and, and find this. And you may look at this and go, Jimmy, this is overwhelming. This may be the equivalent of trying to give up 
all the foods you talked about earlier in one. Cool. Just take one piece. What's the short win? And I didn't go from waking up at noon to waking up at, you know, 4.30 or 4.45. It was, okay, we moved it to 10. It moved to 9. It, like, the, you know, the little things. So maybe it's just maybe tomorrow it's literally just getting up 30 minutes earlier to give yourself a chance to listen to a positive audio and stretch. Maybe that's your win tomorrow. Awesome. Celebrate it, you know, and keep moving forward. I love that. You absolutely practice what you preach. And I think that's just an incredible aspect to you. I mean, you're out there, you're speaking it. I mean, your post today was amazing. It was such from the heart. I, I mean, no one would ever probably think that, you know, what you wrote today about you. And yeah. you did, you spoke from the heart, you tell it like it is, you're just so real. And I know, like you just said, there's people out there that are stuck and they're saying, Jimmy, to get up at a half hour early, that's a struggle. I mean, when you look back, how did you actually do it? I mean, I know you turned on a positive, you know, YouTube channel, but I still tell people the same thing because I follow your morning routine. I do the same things. I don't get on my phone. I think getting on your phone first thing in the morning, watching the news or scrolling immediately, you know, you're inputting negativity right away, even if you don't believe that, but you are. Yeah. But if you input positivity, like you're doing, you know, listening to one thing, like you said, you don't have to take notes. Yeah. There are those people that they're still stuck. Yeah. And what do you say? What is that baby step they could actually do? What else could they actually do? The baby step is wanting to change. I mean, that's really the first change. Because if I'm just telling you what you should do and you're not open to receiving that, it doesn't matter. I just become, I just become noise. I just become a bully to you. I just become some reminder of how you're less, you're a, you may interpret this as, oh, I'm a bad person because Jimmy keeps telling me to do this. So none of this, you know, I'm going to go back to the weight. It wasn't like in high school. I didn't have buddies try to help me lose weight. I had a, a buddy of mine that was a, a power lifter, a great dude, amazing shape, that tried to drag me to the gym many times out of like the goodness of his heart, but I wasn't ready to change yet. I hadn't got to that enough is enough moment. I hadn't had that moment in the mirror when I was like, dude, you got to change. And so to the person that's listening to this, it's do you want to change? Like, what's the, you know, what's the benefit? Why, why do you say you want to lose the weight? Why do you say you want to start the, the business? Why do you say you want to get out of the job you hate? Okay, do you really? So are you willing to take one step? Are you willing to get 1% better today to do something 1% differently? Because if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always had. Like, that's not a new phrase. And it's probably really cliche, but it's so true. And so. If that half hour to wake up tomorrow morning just seems super daunting, well, what did you do with that last half hour before bed? Did you really need to watch that one more episode? Did you need to stay up just scrolling on Instagram or something? Could you give up whatever that mindless thing was and get to bed 30 minutes earlier to just try? My piece is like, try me. And if, if you think I'm full of it and this didn't work, I'm like, give me a week. Give me a week. Give me a week of going to bed 30 minutes earlier, getting up 30 or going, you know, shifting your schedule. You're not getting less sleep. That's why everybody's like, oh, I need my eight, nine, 10 hours, whatever. Great. You can still get that. Just go to bed earlier. You know, I'm not telling you not to sleep. Um, sleep's important. But first of all, there's got to be a want to. And why? 
You know, when I talk to clients that say, let's say it's weight loss or let's say it's finances. Jimmy, I need to make an extra $200 a week. Or Jimmy, I really would like to lose 40 pounds. I always think, I always, my, my question back to them is like, that's great. I'm like, what could you do 40 pounds from now that you don't feel like you can do now? Or what does your life look like $200 more a week? What would that mean to you? Like, what does that represent? And they're like, oh, well, that would help with this cell phone bill. I have this, you know, I'm drowning in debt. It's, it's weighing on our relationship. All we do is fight about money. I could just find this extra thing. And so you've got to tie it to something emotional. You know, for me, the weight that I was carrying around, and both, like, dude, the, the, I don't know which, which was had more stress. The stress of the weight I was carrying around or the stress of every time my phone rang or something came to the mail, I know it was a collections agency. Like, and I think both fed each other, to be really honest with you. Um, it was, this is, I got to change. And so that first step is there's got to be a deep desire to be like, this sucks. You know, like, I got to do something. And then taking that once and then be, oh my gosh, then just be open-minded to try something you haven't. Quit being so quick to judge or assume you know where this is going to go. Because I think people get that. They're like, they've already, they're already four steps ahead in their head of like, well, when I do this, this is going to happen. And then this, and then this, and it's not going to work. Or I'm going to waste my money. Or I'm gonna... How do you know? Like, like, assuming I think kills some of the most well laid out, like people could live the lives that they don't even know exists if they will quit assuming they know what happens four steps from now. Exactly. And I mean, it's so true. People, you know, that are trying to lose weight, they struggle with, oh, I've already done that diet before, but, but you didn't do it in the right mindset. So you have, they have to get their mindset different, that they're going to go into it differently. Exactly what you just said. And how long did they give it? Right. Like, go in, do you go in with, I just, some, and I don't know this is a conscious decision, but it was the long game. You know, it was like when people ask me just business-wise, like, Jimmy, why were you so successful? I said, I said, this wasn't a conscious decision early on, but it wasn't something I was just going to try. I was like, okay, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to start this thing just because I like who I am in this role better. I like serving other people. I like interacting. I like helping people achieve their goals. If I happen to make money, if this happens to turn into something, great. But it wasn't like, it wasn't trying. I think so many people in any kind of self-improvement go into it with kind of their hand like on the back door. And the back door is all the reasons they tell themselves it isn't going to work. So whether it's weight loss, whether it's a side hustle, whether it's a business, they go in with a hand on the door. And the minute whatever happens that they thought might happen, they jet. They like, they go out the door. Like, see, I, I knew that this thing was a scam. I knew that diet wouldn't work. I knew. And if you're running your life, whatever your goal is with your hand on the back door, I love you enough to say, just quit because you're already, you're looking for an excuse to you're already, you got to take your hand off that back door and you have to think long-term, where do I want to be one, two, five, ten, And then you're going to look up like me and you're like, holy smokes, it's 12 years later. And then I still feel like I'm just, and I'm still figuring this out every day. I don't have this. I'm not on cruise control. And, that, and like, and, and Kelly talked about my, my post this morning was talking about how I'd really been in this rut lately because I work from home. I found myself sitting on my couch a lot and I was like, I got to change something. And I literally went out and I kept telling myself like, no, 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 no. Your followers, everybody follows you because 
they want this freedom, this life freedom that, that you advertise, Jimmy. So if you go get an office space, it, to them, it, it, you're going to look like you're moving backwards. And that, this was like, this is my head chatter, right? Like it's there. And I literally had to go, okay, I have to physically, you know, Tony Robbins talks about it. if you want to change your mental state, change your physical state, get up, move around, jump on a trampoline. For me, it was changing my workspace. So sometimes, yes, I'm still here at home where I am today, but I had to move because I had gotten too comfortable with where I was and got stuck in a rut. Mm. I, I've been there and I know <laughs> lots of people are there. They do, they get stuck. And I love that you said, just move. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just make that one decision. Get up, move. Even if you don't know where you're going. Right. Just, just right. move. Like, do something. It's just do, doing something different. But you have the mindset where you, that's what you want to do. And I think that's what stops a lot of people. And they play back the tape of what they've always done. It doesn't work. And it just keeps them stuck. But like you said, it's like the dog that sat on the nail. You just, if the pain needs to be great enough. But you, you have incorporated into your life so many high-performing habits. I'm sure over the years, I mean, they all just didn't happen at once. And, yeah. you know, tell us what you believe about high performing habits and what you teach your clients about that. Man, I just feel like it's all, everything affects everything. So like I said, it started with fitness and nutrition with me, but that bled over. I feel like I discovered this entrepreneur that was in me because I took action physically, right? It put me in. So maybe it was, you know, I started my journey with in-home fitness, but I found a community online and I started listening to how other people were talking or other things that people were benefiting from that weren't even on my radar that I didn't know existed. Like I say in the books and I didn't know what personal development was. And so when somebody's like, oh, you know, if you're struggling with this, this may help. And so I think it's just about staying coachable because there's always some other hack. There's always some other... I, I keep, I know I feel like I'm repeating myself, but this whole concept of how, how can I be 1% better today? And how can I study somebody else? Success leaves clues, right? And I was at this mastermind breakfast earlier this week. There's another example. I got out of my comfort zone and I like went to look for a meetup. How do I, how do I surround myself with people whose mindsets or what they're doing is where I want to be? And then will I shut up long enough to listen? How did you get here? Because I feel like people fall into this, they think it's super noble of like, I want to figure it out on my own. I'll appreciate it more if I figure it out on my own. And I'm like, no, not really. It doesn't mean you have to clone yourself and be like somebody else, but you're going to get some clues of some people that are financially where you want to be, or maybe just attitude or energy wise or physically get around those people and then be willing to see if what they do works for you. And I've always been willing to make myself a guinea pig. You know how I'm going to find out if it worked or not? I'm going to try it. You know, I've done that as I've adjusted my nutrition. I've done that with workouts. I've done that with, hey, how do I learn best? Is it physically reading books? Is it audio books? Is it listening to the YouTube videos like Jimmy said? Like, be willing to, like, be a guinea pig for a bit. Because you're going to, you know what you're going to do is you're going to learn things about yourself they are going to surprise you and you didn't know. You think you know everything about yourself, but you, you don't. And I only say that because I don't. I'm learning something new about me every day. I'm learning when am I at my peak? What sets that up? Where do I need to, where are there times, even though I love people and, and crowds, when are those times that I have to protect my energy and, and pull back? And so when it comes to high performance, study high performers. You know, who is it you follow? You know, is it 
you know, for me, you know, heck, Brendan Bruchard wrote a book called High Performance Habits. Is it somebody like, you know, Jesse Itzler is another favorite of mine to like follow. Um, you know, Lewis Howes is like, oh, who are these guys, you know, who's out there kind of doing things that you're like, and then what's like, again, you don't have to be them. What's one piece of something that they seem to be doing that you can try and see if it works? I love that because I, that's how I feel. Leveling up and like you said, following those people, listening to their show and latching onto the people you want to be like is how you're going to take that step forward. And you're going to be your own self, not be that person. Yeah. You're going to take one thing from each of those people that you can incorporate into your own life. And I love that because that's what I've been doing. I mean, I'm 45 and I feel like I'm just starting too, Jimmy, just like you. It's just, Absolutely. you know, life has its, you know, seasons and mm -hmm. it's a new season for everyone right now. It's 2020. I mean, we're stepping into something great right now, having, you know, a new decade. So it's super exciting to just listen to your story and all the things that you've done over the years to get to where you are today. And I'm just hoping people just take that and want to be 1% better today than they were yesterday. Oh, absolutely. And, and I get these really nice messages. If I do a coaching call or on something like this and, I, and I'll get a DM on Instagram saying, Oh, thank you, Jimmy, so much. You were, this was so inspiring or you motivated me. And I always answer the same way. I was like, I appreciate that. That is super sweet to hear. Go take action on one things because motivation and inspiration is an emotion. Just like being happy or sad, it passes. And if you are only showing up on the days that you're inspired or motivated, it, it, you're going to go so rarely. So I always find like inspiration and motivation is this kind of gift from the universe. Like, okay, here's this little pop. You've got to go take action during it. So then you can maintain that action on the days that that emotion doesn't show up. And in some, if somebody's coming to thank me, I was like, the biggest thank you you can come tell me is, Jimmy, Here's the one trick, here's the one key or the one tactic that you shared. This is what I, I put into action. And let me tell you the change that, that I've experienced in my life. To me, I would rather get that message all day long than just simply, hey, you're motivating, inspiring. I, I know people are coming from, from like a good place in their heart, but you're a perfect example. When, when we talked and you're like, hey, your talk at, at Angie Lee's event it led to this conversation. Like there was action taken after that. Like that, to me, that's fuel. That, that's better than any check. That's better than any like pat on the head. Cause I was like, oh, something I did move some of the needle for somebody else, which in turn, hopefully will move the needle for somebody else. You want to live forever, do something to impact somebody else's life that impacts somebody else's life. And your influence continues to live regardless of how long you're on this planet. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I'm so glad I took action and came up to you because, you know, everybody gets a little nervous. You were coming off stage. You had all these people around you. But you're right. You have to just take that step. And that's yeah. the only way you'll know. You were either going to say no to me when I contacted you or yes. So I had a 50-50 shot. That's what I did. Thank right. you for everyone listening. Just take the step. Go forward. Take that one little baby step. But Jimmy, what are you taking action on right now? Because I could talk to you, honestly, for the next two hours. But what is the action that you're taking right now in your business? What, it, what are you doing right now? Where are you looking at to go in 2020? That's a great question. And it all started on Angie Lee's stage as well. So public speaking really is my favorite thing to do because it's the performer in me. It's still, I'm, that, I'm that little boy in first grade all over again when I get on a stage. And so... Uh, my 2020 is going to be doing a lot more keynote speeches and then really going deep in storytelling coaching with people. 
How can I help somebody take a personal story, tie it to whatever their product and service is, um, to really have an impact on their ideal client? Because as a performer, something I didn't realize I was so close to till I started doing it, and people started pointing this out was if you can tell a good personal story, um, it creates such an immediate no like and trust with your ideal audience. And so the person that's listening to this, you know, maybe I tell my story and maybe that person wasn't a hundred pound overweight, three time college dropout. Maybe they didn't have the experience I did on stage in the first grade, but somewhere where I told my story, they found themselves, right? I said something that there was an emotion, the emotion I had looking at the fat guy in the mirror. Well, maybe they weren't a hundred pounds overweight in the mirror, but they had that, they've had that similar um, moment. They, they, they could relate with me in some way. And I always say, if you can tell a good story and your audience can find themselves in your story, then they know they're supposed to work with you. And that's really what I'm the most excited about because now that anybody can be a public figure that has a forum like this, I feel like the, the best way to attract the right people is storytelling. The best way to teach is in storytelling. The greatest way to handle objections for people that say they don't have time or money is let me tell you a story about somebody that had the exact same objection you did. Uh, it's such a, such a powerful tool. And so 2020 is my year of really empowering people with their own stories that right now they don't think their story is that powerful. And everybody, I truly believe everybody has a seven figure story if it's well crafted. And that's my mission in 2020 to help those people craft those stories. Okay, well, get ready because I'm going to contact you about that. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm in, I'm in. Um, but no, I'm so super, super grateful that you said yes to come on the show today. It was amazing talking to you. Um, where can people find you that want to, they want to be coached by you? Absolutely. So pretty much any social media, you can look up The Coach Jimmy and, uh, or you can go to thecoachjimmy.com. And just in DM me, I answer all my own stuff. I'm pretty easy to track down, but you know, find me on Instagram, send me a DM. Let's chit chat. Uh, the website and the email address is all there at thecoachjimmy.com. Great. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you, you all so much for tuning in today and listening. And I hope you guys really take that trying to be 1% better today than you were yesterday. Take it to heart because your life will change in small baby steps. So have a great day, everyone. Don't forget to tune in next week. If you love this episode, take a screenshot for me and post it on your stories. Make sure you guys tag me. And because I appreciate you all so much, I am offering you 10% off my course, Addicted to the Climb. You can find that on my website, kellytyan.com. Make sure to spell it K-E-L-L-E-Y-T-Y-A-N. And one last thing, don't forget to subscribe and leave me a review. That is how I can get this out to the masses. Until the next time, keep on climbing.